BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders with opening day right around the corner on Thursday. I brought out my Tory Pines hat forwards this time for the special occasion. More to come from an opening day preview and a full season preview coming Wednesday ahead of the action. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we're going to be talking you through everything to expect on the big day itself. And I am joined as always, by fanside, it's MLB insider Robert Murray. How you doing, man? I am wonderful, man. Opening day is like almost here. Uh, the hype is definitely real. I woke up a little bit more juju in my step this morning, so we got to love. How you doing, my guy? I'm doing good. I transitioned directly from March Madness to opening day. The final four is coming up on Saturday. I don't give a crap. It's baseball season. Um, it's uh, it's already over. I had a fun time with the first couple of rounds of March Madness, but now it's time for the MLB season. And uh, if you want to be up to date on all things happening this MLB season, there's no better place for you than to join us on the Baseball Insiders feed. It's Mondays and Thursdays at 3.30 Eastern. Typically, we're going to experiment with that a little bit. If we need to go live, something crazy goes down, you might just see us, but you're not going to know unless you're on the feed or unless you're following Robert and myself on Twitter. Our handles are right there. But the easiest way is to just like the video, subscribe to the video, and if you're an audio person, the audio feed will also have the content going up right after the stream is over on all podcast platforms. And no better time to get prepared than now, Robert, because opening day is just around the corner. The pitching matchups have been announced. Not too much player movement, hopefully, in the next couple of days, because I think we got to get these rosters tight and ready to go. We're going to talk about some of the top prospects who've made opening day rosters um, and some of the people I'm most excited to see. I know you are excited to see as well. Oh yeah. We there's, I don't think we're going to have much player movement. So at least we got, at least we got that going forth. But if if there is one player who's going to be traded, maybe Keston hero, um, the brewers, they did have some trade conversations with him ultimately designated him for assignment. So like, we'll see what happens there, but what a really bizarre tenure that he had with the Brewers. Like he looked like the next great thing in baseball as a hitter. Next thing you know, he striking out a bunch. I mean, he's always been a strikeout guy, but striking out more than ever. Um, lost his power. Seemed like he lost confidence. 
now he's on the waiver wire, which is just crazy turn of events for a guy as talented as Hero. So somebody's going to take a chance on him. I'm pretty sure of that. Keston Hira out, Luke Voigt opts out, but then makes the Brewers roster anyway. And in the wake of the Reese Hoskins injury, I think a lot of people were saying, yeah, the Phillies are talking up Derek Hall, but of course Luke Voigt makes a lot of sense in Philadelphia. And now they got to fill that first base void. And no, he stays in Milwaukee against the odds. I mean, a lot of shuffling uh, going on there specifically. Very much so. And like Voigt, he opted out of his contract just because it was a minor league deal. And he figured that he would end up getting a like a major league deal at some point, whether it's with the Brewers or elsewhere, um, just because of his past track record and what the what he showed with the Brewers in, in spring training. And lo and behold, he got that major league deal with a club option atta- attached to next year. Um, so the Brewers got at least some sort of control with him. Um, I do wonder if the Phillies can maybe convince themselves that Keston here could play first base. I mean, the Brewers experimented with it for like a little bit. So we don't really know exactly what he's going to be, but defense has never been his thing, but the Phillies, I'm telling you, I would be very intrigued to see what Kevin Long, their hitting coach could do with Keston Hira. Cause if there's anyone who could maximize his ability and get him right back on track to me, it's Kevin Long. And defense has never exactly been their priority at first base either. As, as anybody, <laughs> as anybody who watched Reese Hoskins in last year's postseason would know most of the, it, Philly fans didn't cringe much in October. It was a pretty satisfying month, by and large. When they did cringe, it was Reese Hoskins trying to scoop a throw. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, like, I mean, besides Hoskins, I mean, the defense, I mean, they got Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber in the outfield, too. So, I mean, you can definitely tell that defense isn't a priority. They just want mashers. And um, if, if they can get Hira back on track, boy, that would be a masher um, of all mashers. So, I'm I'm curious. I haven't heard if those two teams have talked, but I think it does make some sense on a lot of different levels here. And getting only mashers worked last year. So you can't argue with success. Uh, we'll see if we can run it back. And we're going to talk about the Phillies and whether uh, we've changed our calculus there at all coming up in a bit. But let's start off by going back and forth on the top five things we're excited to see uh, when spring ends and we enter the regular season on opening day. Uh, a couple of these overlap with each other, and some of them lead into larger talking points that I want to get deeper into it with you. But I'm just going to start us off with uh, my most uh, hype pitching matchup of opening day. Um, it, obviously, every, everybody's going with their ace, except for the Red Sox, who are starting Corey Kluber for some reason. But I am still most hype to see Max Scherzer against Sandy Alcantara and the new-look Miami Marlins in Miami midday. It's a 4 o'clock game, too, so you got to settle in, get to enjoy yourself. Scherzer and the pitch clock, I don't know what that's going to look like. Luisa Rise, is he going to enjoy his new home? He certainly did during the World Baseball Classic when he hit the two most exciting home runs of Team Venezuela's run. Um, I don't think the Marlins are going to be great, but I'm not going to pass on an opportunity to watch that pitching matchup on opening day and figure out what's going to happen with that team's energy. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And I will say, like, the Luis Arise addition for the Marlins, like, at first, I was a little confused. Like, I mean, granted, he's a great hitter, but, like, they have their infield logjam is certainly they – have, they have a lot of infielders. I think that's pretty safe to say. But that pitching matchup for opening day, holy smokes, man. I know that's your favorite, and, like, I mean, it's everybody – mostly everybody else's favorite. I got one that's exciting to me, too, but um, – and we'll get into that shortly, but Sandy Alcantara against Max Scherzer. Holy smokes. That's like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but that's like basically baseball porn is what that is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just, that's freaking sweet. We're talking two of the best pitchers in baseball. Like Scherzer is one of the best pitchers of this generation while Alcantara is coming off of a side on the ward and um, just a complete domination. But for me, the, the, the pitching matchup that I'm just geeked out for Jacob deGrom against Aaron Nola. That is, I mean, obviously a lot of familiarity like for the Phillies and, and deGrom, they faced off against each other a lot, but um, Aaron Nola against that Rangers lineup, which has some dudes in it. Um, I think it should be fascinating. So a lot of good pitching matchups, but I think those are the two that just like really stand out more than others. And we had, we shrugged off some early scares with DeGrom. He did that thing he always does at camp where it's like, oh, well, there's something going on in his side, but you'll see him soon. And and I think Met fans had that PTSD of like, how soon will we see him? But it turns out it was pretty soon. And now he's ready to go open again. No, he absolutely is. I'll tell you that, that immediately had me concerned because the Rangers, they were the only team that was willing to go five years on DeGrom and they did it. Other teams had, I mean, they were willing to go a certain ways with uh, the amount of years, but um, I think injuries were on the, on the front of a lot of people in baseball. And the fact that he got hurt that early into spring training was like, Oh crap, this is, this could be very bad, but lo and behold, he's okay. So thank goodness for that. My number two, and I might be standing out on, on a limb here, my, my number two thing I'm excited to see this uh, opening day, and it's just because uh, it's one player, and it's one player who's sort of changed my opinion of a team. Uh, you and I have been, uh, we've been endorsing the Diamondbacks offseason and the Diamondbacks front office and the work they've done a lot during this offseason. I want to see Corbin Carroll in the first game after his massive extension which was signed, uh, it's the first $100 million extension with that few games played in the bigs, right? That was the distinction. Um, He's at Dodger Stadium under the bright lights late night. Not a lot of games competing with him. I want to see what he's got up his sleeve uh, because he's still my NL Rookie of the Year pick. And I want to see what he's able to do live at Dodger Stadium against Julio Arias, not Clayton Kershaw. Uh, So the Dodgers saved Kershaw for, for game two maybe down the line a little bit. It'll be Urias and uh, Carol, and, and I'm really excited to watch that. Oh, you absolutely should be excited about that. Carol's a stud. Uh, there's a reason why the Diamondbacks are so aggressive in, in extending him because they, they had been talking about that for, I think, around a month, and they were they really wanted to get that deal done. Lo and behold, they did. They beat the previous record of Michael Harris, um, mm-hmm. who had a, what, was it eight years for $72 million with the Braves? Um, I mean, that's still a sizable amount of money, but Carroll blew that out of the water. Um, and he figures to be the face of their franchise for years to come. It's for me, it's, it's going to end up being in the NL or the NL rookie of the year race is basically to me between Corbin Carroll and Jordan Walker. And we're going to get into Jordan Walker later on, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, that is going to be, that's going to be something to watch because he's just a tantalizing rookie. Like you look at his, um, look at his build. You look at his numbers that he's put up in AAA. He looks like he's got the the ability to be like the next great thing in baseball. But for just sticking for sticking with Corbin Carroll for now, he's going to be pretty damn good too. I oh I uh, I'm the fool. We were talking earlier. I I'm not a, I'm not a betting man. And when I do bet, I bet like a dollar, two dollars, or maybe three dollars at a time. I try not to. It's it's a strategy that I've learned. I started betting this NFL season. I think I've learned it just does not make sense. It doesn't help you. You can, you can gain your $10 back, but you don't really make any money. It is what it is. 
But I put a futures bet on the Diamondbacks over 75 and a half wins. If they're going to do that, it's going to be because uh, Alec Thomas busts out. You know, the pitching is able to coalesce a little bit. And Carroll, 330 bombs, 35 stolen bases. And we see a star coronated in the desert. No, absolutely. I still think that win total is a little optimistic. That's that's too high for my liking. But you know what? For a a dollar or two, you can't go wrong. And if that hits, you win what? Like two dollars? We're looking, we're looking at something like eight fifty, so pretty exciting cash. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling. Don't spend it all in one place. I don't even know what you can get for eight bucks anymore these days. But like half a pack of baseball cards, I think. But you know, you'll take it. See, yeah, yeah. you know what? Half a, ba- a pack of baseball cards is better than nothing. So I uh, go D backs. Go backs. Let's talk about your kids because I know your number two thing that you're most excited for is is to see uh, two of the other massive stars debut, and I think both those debuts are probably going to come on opening day. So we might as well break it down a little bit more now. Oh, absolutely. And I will like the Anthony Volpe one did not surprise me at all. Like that just seemed like it was primed to happen um, just because of always tearing it up in spring training. The Yankees both privately and publicly saying that it was an open competition at shortstop. So like they never ruled him out there. But Jordan Walker did. That kind of caught me off guard is, as I mentioned before, really like highly thought of prospect. 20 years old. So he's freaking young. Um, and he had not had an at-bat above double-A in his career, and they're putting him on the opening day roster. He won that position um, during spring training. They really liked what he um, did both on the field and also off of it, too. Uh, he asked some really good questions of the coaching staff, um, was heavily involved in a lot of what they were doing, showed obviously a ton of ability on the field, and they felt he was ready to contribute in the outfield. Um and the fact that both of those guys are debuting on opening day um, further shows that what the the two sides, the MLBPA and also the owners negotiated during um, the latest CBA negotiations was working. It was incentivizing teams to be aggressive and promoting these guys and having them on the opening day rosters. And Jordan Walker and Anthony Volpe being on the, on the major league rosters for opening day great thing for baseball because in years past i don't think this happens but now it's a reality and baseball is gonna be just better for it it certainly doesn't happen in the bronx where you don't know who overruled who but they go out of their way to get that service time uh, and, and it would only have taken a demotion to something like april 22nd or whatnot to keep volpe for an extra year and for the yankees to go that extra mile put him on the opening day roster Coming, uh, you know, they you're right. They were honest with everybody the whole time. They looked him in the eyes and said, this is an open competition. And if it was an open competition, then the guy who won the competition won the job. Volpe out hit Peraza, out hit Kiner Falefa, and is going to be starting and batting ninth on opening day um, from everything that we've heard so far. And uh, the Yankees, they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of social media content pre-prepared after uh, making that announcement. I will say they had a graphic. They had a video of Volpe buttoning up a jersey in the shadows. They had footage of him hugging his family. It felt like they maybe knew that was coming uh, for a couple of weeks ahead of time. Oh, yeah, as they should, because it just felt increasingly obvious that he was going to end up being the guy. I didn't, like, as I said before, I I wasn't surprised at all by it, but, like, um, it was just just good to see them have him on the Major League roster for opening day, because it's just – that's freaking awesome. If he's if he does what he did during spring training, Yankees, they have themselves a superstar. Um, he, he's got that kind of ability. 
And there's a reason why I've mentioned on this podcast many times, and I'll say it again. There is a reason why they turned on so many trade inquiries and just did not engage whatsoever in conversations that involve Volbe. They thought he had this kind of talent, and they envisioned him being their shortstop for the next decade. And it starts now. The only thing I'm going to rag on the Yankees for here is that Aaron Boone did the very stereotypical mislead the player into thinking he's getting Mm -hmm. sent down and then actually he's getting called up video where they hide the camera in some plant and the the brewers and craig council did with bryce terang today too where they go the whole they go the whole way they they told bryce terang they were like this is a really tough decision we told you it would be and you're getting uh demoted to chicago and he's like chicago that's a major oh that's where the brewers are oh great yeah so i made the team like I think we've officially jumped the shark with these where you can just, if you have great news for the player, you just tell the player great news. You don't need to keep doing the little trick. That's like, you really disappointed us so much that you are our starting shortstop. It's like, okay, come on. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, if I was in that position where I could inform a player, whether or not he's making the opening day roster translate or also like, I'm not, but let's just say that I am. <laughs> um, I would, I would not play those games. I would just be like, I would be too giddy. First of all, I like, I, even my roommate the other day told me I have the worst poker face of all time. Like I'd be an awful poker player. And um, the player would know within three seconds of sitting down. Yeah. Like, he, he would know he's going to the majors or not. So um, I'm just, I'm happy for Bryce Terang too. Cause the Brewers really like what they have there too. In my opinion, they should have had Joey Weimer uh, on their opening, opening day roster as well, but it does not seem like it is trending in that direction at this point. And Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles, too, is another one where it's like, is he really not going to be in your rotation? If you're judging by small sample sizes, he had a little trouble in spring training, but they gave the spot to Tyler Wells, who had an ERA in the five sevens. Like, that's also a pretty poor performance in a small sample size. You see the Orioles do not release the Grayson Rodriguez video. I bet when he walked into that little enclosed manager's office that he was looking around for the hidden camera in the plant and was like, really? Not like no iPhones anywhere? Fuck. I'm screwed. Yeah, then you would oh as soon as you don't see any iPhones or a camera crew in there, you automatically know, oh crap, this isn't gonna be what I wanted. Yeah. That's, yeah. But anyway, I would imagine he'll be up in the majors at some point in the near future. He's like he's freaking good. I would agree, but it's it's still kind of a bummer. It, and the Orioles are this is supposed to be their window now. We were talking about them signing Carlos Correa, and they're still going to demote their top pitching prospect for a couple of weeks. At the very least, it's it's disheartening. Yeah, don't get don't get me started on their lack of an off season like that. They showed so much last season, and they basically went out and did. I mean, they signed some folks, traded for James McCann. Yeah, Adam yeah. Frazier is on the Orioles now. I mean, well, yeah, they, they should have done a lot more. Um, time is not for them. Uh, that's I, I could go on a 45-minute rant about that, but we'll save that for a different show. Yeah, I, I mean, reading the Evan Drellick book about the Astros rise, uh, Michael Elias and, and Sig don't exactly come off that great in that book either. They don't really seem like they have a lot of people sense. I don't know. Maybe we'll get Evan on at some point and talk to him about it, but – one of the uh, top takeaways I had from that book was obviously you learn about the Astros rise, but you also learn like, are we sure the Orioles got the best guys and the guys that are really responsible for the Astros rise? I'm, I'm not positive. Yeah. Um, all, all, all I'll speak on is what they've done so far. They've done a good job and I know how they've treated some others and it's, it's been nothing but positive. Um, so, so far, like that's, that's what I'll say about them, but uh, they should have just done more in the off season here. Um, just my two cents. 
Mine too. And uh, my next thing I'm excited to see also has to do with a front office that is somewhat uh, rankled its players. It's the Brewers front office and and uh, 2 20 p.m. Eastern time at Wrigley Field. Windy Wrigley, Marcus Stroman of the Cubs will take on Scorch Earth Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers just after he hired Scott Boris to take him through uh, his future endeavors. Uh, the Brewers fight him in arbitration. He's the one guy who really comes out this year saying, yeah, change my view of the Brewers, change my view of baseball. I'm not happy. Now he gets the opening day nod. Is he auditioning for other teams? Is he a midseason trade candidate? Is he able to channel that anger into dominating the New Look Cubs? I'm all in on watching this game. I am very curious to see how that game goes, too. But like everything that I had heard about Burns that arbitration hearing that it, it made him upset and he made that abundantly clear. Um, but people close to him said that he was putting it past him and just turning a page. Um, so I don't think it'll affect him too much throughout the season. Like he's a competitor of all competitors. I've been around him for years um, and I've gotten to see it firsthand. So I don't, I don't have any concerns there, but if anything, I just, I think he dominates again. And Trade conversations, this like they'll happen again at the trade deadline. Teams are going to inquire. I just don't think that's the time is now for a trade. Um, off season, maybe next trade deadline, maybe a different story. But this feels eerily similar to what happened with Josh Hader, and it's just been on my mind ever since that arbitration hearing and hearing how poorly it went, and then hearing um, Burns' comments the next day. Just no bueno. Pretty un bueno. Um, I'm excited to see uh, how he uh, manifested, if at all, early on in the regular season. I know your number three storyline. Uh, you're excited to watch the game in the Bronx, uh, and and as am I. But you've you've got a little uh, an additional reason why. Yeah, it's Aaron Judge against Arson Judge. Yeah, um, it should be very exciting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Aaron Judge obviously um, almost signed with the Giants. Um, they were in on him heavily in the off season. And at one point, I mean, there was reports that said he was, in fact, going to the Giants. Uh, turns out those obviously were not true. Um, but it's a look at what could have been for the Giants. Is they're going to be facing off against someone that they almost signed? They, it was the number one target. Um, and even Farhan Zaidi said, like, facing off against him to op- on opening day provides a little bit extra motivation. But um, that, boy, I'll tell you, the Giants, is their inability to sign a superstar, I mean, they – had agreed to a deal with Correa and then failed his physical. Um, that hurt. That hurt a lot for them. But um, also another good one, too, is the pitching matchups in this series as well. I mean, obviously the Giants, they got some frontline starters there with Logan Webb, but then you got the Yankees with Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon. Like, I mean, pretty freaking good if you ask me. We've still got to – I mean, the Giants are sort of uh, – they're, they're Seinfeld at the at the reservation counter. Right. They know how to sign the superstar. They don't know how to keep keep the superstar. And and that's kind of the most important part of the superstar. And and so they're entering the season with a very similar roster to last year, plus Michael Conforto. And and isn't Mitch Hanniger hurt already? I I don't know. I think we're going down a weird rabbit hole there. Yeah, a very weird rabbit hole. And obviously not an ideal start having the basically the key player of your offseason get hurt and not being ready for opening day. But you know what? It's, it seems like there's been a lot of injuries this spring. Obviously, World Baseball Classic. We're, yeah, I mean, World Baseball Classic spring training. I mean, injuries happen in baseball, just part of the game. But um, it's kind of unfortunate just how many there have been this spring. 
that's why I just want to sim to opening day. We're so we're so damn close. Um, we we really are almost there finally. And and I'm gonna take care of my final two storylines in one fell swoop, uh, and then we'll take your final two, move on to a couple bits of analysis, and uh, get ready for our season preview on Wednesday. Um, my final two, and, and one of them overlaps with one of yours. Um, my number four, I know it's weird, but you got the Cincinnati Reds at four o'clock. Now I know Cincinnati does opening day, right? I know they blaze, like they've got this big opening day parade. They used to always kick off opening day. I am curious at how opening day in Cincinnati looks when they are a four o'clock Eastern time game. Do those streets get drunker? How are people going to handle the three hour gap between end of parade and first pitch? Um, I'm intrigued, but I'm also intrigued to see uh, Mitch Keller of the Pirates starting on opening day. A lot of people picking him to click this year and break out. Um, and I don't know if he's going to finish the year in Pittsburgh if he does break out as much as people are predicting. So I want to see how he gets things started and how drunk the crowd is that jeers him. And my number five is World Baseball Classic conquering hero Shohei Otani, who will be facing off against the A's in Oakland. Not exactly the place where you want your sports centerpiece to be on opening day, but I know you marked this one down as well. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> I'm very curious. Obviously, like, um, Otani is going to hit in that game, too. He's going to pitch. How many times is he going to strike out the A's? Is he going to throw a no-hitter? And is he going to hit three home runs in that game? It's just, yeah, it, it's a recipe for disaster for the A's on opening day. And, um Oh, I'm all, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there's something I want to say. Are, are there A's even going to be over 500 at any point this season? Um, uh, it's possible they start off 0 and 1 and just don't get over that threshold. But um, yeah, it, it could be ugly. That being said, watch them start the season like 18 and 0. Um, yeah. Just run. and then the, like their social media is just going to be playing this uh, this video like all over, and I'm going to end up looking like a complete doofus. Um, yeah, we're so, gonna ask can our producer Joanne. Can you please clip that and then tweet it directly at the Oakland A's, just so they have it in case they need it? It'd, it'd be helpful. You know, Joanne. Uh, usually, I, I love Adam, um, but ignore him <laughs> at all costs at this point. That that sounds like absolutely terrible advice from him. So uh, keep I, doing what you're doing. You're, you're wonderful. Yeah, I hate to do it to the A's, but I think they had the most shocking opening day starter of anybody. Uh, Braves prospect and recently traded in the. Uh, God, was he in the Olsen trade or was he in the the Sean Murphy trade? Um, Kyle Muller is starting on opening day. Uh, last year, one and one with an 8.03 ERA in three big league starts. This spring training, <laughs> one and three with a 6.50 mark in five games. Uh, that does not engender confidence. Catch the A's fever, baby. Yeah, that yikes, man. That uh, be one of the first hundred attendees at spring training, and you could get a front row seat. Yeah, right I, opening I, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, boy, if they get, if they get an attendance over hundred, that might be that might be impressive. But I don't want to dunk in the A's too much. Uh, very very lovely team that they have there in uh, in Oakland. Uh, but I will like on a more serious note. Their last, uh, my last um, thing I'm excited for on opening day is Wilson Contreras finally gets to replace Yadier Molina. Um, I feel like that hasn't been talked about a lot in like places outside of St. Louis. Uh, Yadier Molina not being a catcher for the Cardinals is going to be freaking weird. Obviously, that's been something we've been used to for the last two decades. 
they identified Contreras as a guy that they wanted to replace him. Now he finally gets a chance. And um, Cardinals, like, their pitching scares me a little bit, but um, from an offensive perspective, they got one of the better offenses in the National League. And Yadier Molina already in manager mode. Like, we fully saw him in, in Team Puerto Rico's dugout looking like a manager. He is out of baseball for sure. Uh, Wilson Contreras, a lot of good stories went around this week about how uh, he's pointing at Nolan Arenado's gold glove in the photo show shoot. He wants that gold glove of his own. He's trying to be the heir to the throne, take over on defense as well as offense. And uh, we'll see any chance he gets to burn the Cubbies. He certainly will. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, just a couple more topics I want to talk about before we wrap it up. Um, you mentioned the New York Yankees. They, they are having pitching troubles to start the year. Um, Luis Severino joined Carlos Rodon and Frankie Montas on the IL uh, over the weekend. Is it going to be short-term? They're telling us it is. Do we believe what we hear with Luis Severino? I don't know. I never do. Um, Montas is going to be out until mid-August. Uh, the other guys are theoretically going to be back in April, but this is already three out of the five rotation spots are different than they were supposed to be. That first series of the year features uh, Clark Schmidt and Domingo Herman as well. Um, do you think they're going to go internal with a, a guy like Johnny Brito, who threw five and a third innings of perfect baseball yesterday? He's probably the favorite for that spot. We're hearing in New York, you got Davey Garcia, or are there any trade rumors that are on the horizon whatsoever for this team that can help them clear up the infield log jam as well as get a veteran starter in there. Yeah, I can't say I've heard any trade rumblings. Uh, that doesn't mean that there's nothing happening, but from what I've heard, I just I have I have not heard anything. And we're at the point where we're so close to opening day that um, it's just going to be really difficult to make a trade. And there's not going to be many teams that are willing to trade at this point. So it's going to be basically the Yankees having to go with what they have internally and just trying to manage the storm here. And if things don't go well, that's when things could change. That's when we could see like that really random June trade where they trade one of those infielders where they had that log jam to try to address the rotation or trade from their minor league system to try to upgrade the rotation. But 
Um, I know this is not the news that you want to hear, Adam, but I think you're going to have to be ready to like deal with like going internal for the those rotation spots. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm actually so, so happy. I'm actually like pumped. I'm like more pumped. No, it's it's gonna, you gotta it's focus April. on me. Yeah. <laughs> I I've been training to be a manager. I've been training to deliver the news that a player is getting promoted. So I'm trying to yeah uh, go completely stone faced. I I think you know I think ultimately they have the amount of pitching depth where where they are right now they're they're going to be fine. But if they get tested one more time they're in trouble. And then uh, a lot of Yankee fans have their eyes on Chris Flexen of the Mariners, who looks like he's going to get squeezed out of that rotation. But at the same time, the Mariners are smart. They're looking at the rest. They're looking at the Yankees and saying, why would we trade our sixth starter to you when you've already needed eight starters and it's March 27th? Like we're going to need Chris Flexen. You're going to have to overwhelm us if you want it. So I I would agree with you. It, It seems unlikely that a move is made, even a depth move like that. Oh, absolutely. And like, as we've seen, obviously with the Yankees and just other teams in previous years, you can never have enough pitching depth because pitching injuries happen. They happen a lot in this day and age. Um, That's why if I was a GM, again, I'm not, but let's just say that I am, I would hoard pitching depth um, just so I never ran out of it. And it's why it's also like, it's, it's something that I've seen the Brewers do too, is they, they like to have as many different starting options as they possibly can. They even sign guys, um, put them in the in a bullpen um, where they have length and like they even have Adrian Hauser. I mean, he's hurt right now, but um, they have him in the bullpen as well. Um, just so they have so many different options that in case injuries happen, which again, they do that they're going to be covered. If I were GM, I would hoard pitching. I would also do everything in my power to make sure that the Arizona Diamondbacks get over 75.5 wins. I would just, I would sell all my stars to the Diamondbacks I would trade my young talent to the D-backs. They need a they need a leg up. Um, the only other thing I wanted to touch on is uh, our friend uh, Aaron Ola, who we've talked about a lot this offseason in terms of one of the uh, one of the rare pitching stars who has a chance to actually hit free agency next offseason without being taken care of. Seems like Philly's got a lot of cash to go around. Uh, but Aaron Nola and the Phillies ceased extension talks prior to the season uh, this past weekend. Doesn't mean that's game over. Doesn't mean that the Phillies can't sign him in free agency, if not midseason. But right now, do you think he makes it all the way through the end of the season, in past the postseason, and into free agency unsigned? Or do the Phillies reverse course here? I don't think that they're going to end up um, getting a deal done during the season, just because I don't, I just don't think that's going to end up being a case. But I don't know. But, um, if he like, I do think that Nola stays in Philadelphia long term. He really likes it there. The Phillies obviously love him. They just were not able to come to an agreement now. And everything that I had heard is that the negotiations were left off in a good place. There um, was positive dialogue. They just were not able to line up on numbers. And you know what? That's okay. He's going to pitch this season not having a long term deal in place, and then they're going to pick those conversations up, possibly at the end of the season. Um, maybe they're able to reach a long-term agreement before he becomes a free agent. But I, like the the interest there is mutual in getting a deal done. And ultimately, I think they do get a deal done. I just don't know what the terms are going to look like. Um, but I, it's it's going to be a healthy raise from what he's making now. That, that I can say with confidence as long, of course, as he stays healthy. 
Caveat on everything, and we hope everybody stays healthy because we are oh so close to the real thing. Opening day is Thursday. That's it for this episode. You will see us one more time before the regular season begins on Wednesday. We'll give you our full slate of predictions, and I can't wait for that. Uh, You can find us live on this feed. We recommend subscribing, like the video, subscribe to the feed, subscribe to the audio feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you grab your pods, because we want to make sure that you get the juicy content and insider scoops that Robert Murray has for you. Uh, Robert, how how do you watch opening day? How how are you going to keep track of all of these games? Because I I don't actually, I kind of forget uh, what I did last year and the year before. I'm I'm already kind of overwhelmed. I am also overwhelmed too. Thankfully, my living room at my new place has two TVs and I'm going to have dueling MLB TV things going on there. So I'll be watching plenty of that. I'll be probably watching on my laptop as well. Um, I'll probably be texting people nonstop trying to get their takes and and then I'll remember, oh crap, this is game one of 162. Let's probably not make too much of this. Um, But I'm stoked. The only thing that's a little bit of a bummer Obviously, I'm in Arizona, and they start off with like a seven or eight game road trip. Um, so then I, I'm my opening day is going to be like two weeks into the regular season, which kind of kind of sucks. But you know what? Uh, their opening series is against the Los Angeles Dodgers at Chase Field, so this gives me an excuse. I get to see Fabian Ardaya, a friend of the program, allegedly, um, and should be great. So, what about you, Adam? What are you going to be doing? Well, and I assume when the D-backs do get home, they'll be coming home with like 13 or 14 of those 75 and a half wins. So that'll be huge for me. Um, I uh, I don't know. I'm going to be I'm going to be watching the games from home, starting off with the Yanks at, at one o'clock. But uh, when the Mets game starts, my favorite brewery down the street, walking distance is doing an event with uh, Eno Saris of The Athletic. Uh, they're also releasing a baseball themed IPA. Um, so I think I'm going to go watch the Mets over there, go listen to some baseball chatter and then, uh, buy a baseball beer, then probably come home for the late ones. Cause I can't miss Kyle Muller against Shohei Otani. I just, I will not let myself sleep through that. No, I'm, how could you? I mean, Kyle Muller against Shohei Otani, that's a premier pitching matchup of all matchups. Like, holy smokes, Adam, but no, that should be fun. Uh, say hi to Eno for me, by the way, friend, he's, he's a, he's a nice guy, friend of mine, um, work with him a few years at the athletic. Always nice to me. So give him, uh, give him my love, and I can give you a couple of press box stories with you know. Um, Hell yeah, that'll, that'll help break the ice too. So, because um, yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> he's he's just a good time. I love I love you know. Perfect. I'll try to make it. I think I think I'm probably gonna go. Um, that is it. We'll all we'll catch up with everybody and all of our viewers. We thank you as always for putting food on our table and joining us today. We will be back on Wednesday, new time with all our big slate of predictions, but not a permanent time. We'll be on most Thursdays, but we're going to give you guys a break. It's opening day. You're going to use your multi-screens for baseball. Um, And so we'll give you everything you need to know on Wednesday. We thank you for taking the ride with us. Uh, For Robert Murray, I'm Adam Weiner. See you on Wednesday, everybody. Enjoy the season. Oh, see you on Wednesday, everybody. Let's, Let's get weird, baby. Let's go.